0: And welcome to another edition of CopCast. Um, we're here to take a bit of a review of the game against Middlesbrough. Join me to do that, um, we have John Henderson in Belfast. How are you, John? All well with you?
1: I'm very well, Dave. Thank you very much. You all That's waiting
0: good. For, for Santa and shit like that? And oh,
1: absolutely. All excited. Donny Donegal Christmas, eh? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing better, Dave. Nothing better.
0: And in Scotland, we have Ali Thompson, who has joined us for his second pod, even though this will be his first pod, because I completely arsed the last recording up. My apologies for that, Ali, but you're very, very welcome back. Not a problem. Thanks very much for having me.
2: Oh, you're very welcome. All good with you? Yeah, everything's good. Just counting down the hours now till work's finished and get a holiday. Ah, work. I always get stuck (laughs) in that word, work.
0: And last but not least, uh, we've brought in the WFI punching bag just for a bit of crack on this one.
3: Mr Dylan Baker in Shitsville, Trumplandia. Hi, are you? <laughs> Slap away my friend. Slap away. <laughs> Not too bad after that match, but uh but for the most part <laughs> I've I've had this has been a weird week. I've actually helped you for once. This has been uh, it's been a bit odd uh having five of the or four of the five last days off. Mm, you must be delighted with the lack of, you know, shit for you to do. Uh
0: if only. If only that the case. <laughs> But listen forget about our woes and uh, we're back to winning ways again and I'll come to John first it was, it was, I don't know what I would describe last night very impressive performance in one respect but we took a little while to get going John um, but once we did we seemed to, to hit our stride Or Origi doing well um, the hiccup that we've had in the last couple of games and you know I, I throw my arms in the air I have been far from impressed by it but hopefully this is the
1: start of another run again what, 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 was your, what were your thoughts on last night? Yeah, much like that. Dave I thought. I think I disagreed with a fair few people before the game because there was a lot of people who were sort of worried about this game, whereas I actually thought this was the perfect game for us because I think when you're when you're not playing well and you're a bit vulnerable at the back, you want to play a team who can't fucking score. And that's what we got. We you know, we came up against a team who you know, they struggled to score goals. So I, I always felt this was a game where it would be potentially good for the confidence. They're not much of a threat. They weren't really gonna have a go. The only concern was we wouldn't, you know, get our attacking game going and break them down. But you know, once Slalana popped up at the header, this first half wasn't it was all right. We we were in control. Not nothing too spectacular. I think the second half was as good as 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 anything we've done this season, just for the fact we sustained the tempo for the forty-five minutes. I mean, you heard Karanka after the game; he was absolutely purring when he talked about about how how good we were. We were just relentless in the second half, and I think that the, the second goal in particular. I, I was having a chat with with Dunning from Dave there when we were we were talking about the Origi goal, and I think that's the best goal we've scored under Klopp so far. I think that's the best goal. Um, it was just football from another planet, and we completely blew them away. So it was brilliant, Dave, because two games, yeah, one point from two, all of a sudden we've gone from being top to six points behind Chelsea. I think it was a, a massive statement, and hopefully, you know, instead of now people talking about this blip and getting worse, we're, we're back on track, and we, and we can follow it up. But it, but it was really impressive, absolutely.
0: No, I'll come to Ali next. Uh, Ali, you know, I, 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 I put myself in this category. I, I was farmed. Far from impressed with the last two performances, and very, very wary and very worried about you know going forward and the, the potential that we have. You know we have an opportunity this season with City stuttering, uh, and that's not going to be a long term thing. He's going to fix that. So this is an opportunity this season, and I just felt we were maybe going to miss it. But we're back on track again. You know, I've, even for all the fume, we find ourselves in second,
2: and we're not that far off. Well, what, what, what's your thoughts? More the same as Johnny. I thought the first half. We kind of just, I don't know, it was like we were just watching to see how they were going to going to react, trying to lure them out. Because we know they're very good defensively. Um, so I never, I was the same as you. I was, I was worried about our attack, especially without Phil. We just haven't looked as creative the last few games. As Johnny says, that second half was just electric. The second goal, it's the best goal I've seen us score in years. And I don't know, I just, I think... I think it's we're going to go back on a run. Now. I think you're right. It was kind of the perfect game to get back into it to find the rhythm again. So with Arsenal dropping points as well, that was that was key because Chelsea will drop points somewhere, and as you say, City are due to put a decent run together at some point. So it's key we keep picking up as many points as we can, especially with them coming up in a few games' time.
0: No, indeed, and, and you know that that's that game is getting bigger and bigger. You know, as it looms on the horizon. Dylan, for you, what 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 do you see in this game? You know, obviously we're, we're back on the the way we want to see ourselves playing again. Um, we're a bit tentative, as as the guys have said. But come on, I suppose off the back of those two results, it, it was to be expected. But do you think normal service is now resumed?
3: Well, I guess my biggest issue in terms of what we would consider normal service is essentially what we, what, as of this, if, if you take the, if you take the the sort of closed caption of this season, what normal service is, is what we see in this side with Philip Coutinho playing on the left, and I think Ali hit the nail on the head. The first two performances that we had, the first two opportunities to show how we can adapt to losing one of our key players, we di- weren't necessarily up to scratch. We were a little bit defensively errant at the back, Um, and that, that goes not only to the goalkeeper, but also to the back four. This was the first time since Philip Coutinho has come out of this side that we looked to get back to the fluidity that we once had, and the biggest thing about that is that when when Coutinho comes back, whenever he's fully fit, not rushed into the side, uh, we're, we're going to see, we should be able to transition back when we need to and retain the fluidity that we had at the beginning of the season. But more importantly, this is one of the first times that we've played with an out-and-out true number nine, and we've really seen, the the, the again, that fluidity be maintained. You know, Winaldum coming forward, Lana back into the side, who I'm sure we'll talk about him quite a bit a little bit later, but I've been very, very impressed with his importance is his performance yesterday. It, It goes to show that now provided that we have a little bit of time, we're starting to adapt and maintain this tactical system of fluidity that we have, uh, that we've developed under Jurgen Klopp and, Transition it between formations, transition it between systems, uh, between the the squad depth that we have. So overall, you have to be impressed. I mean, a three nil win is, is 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 something that you very rarely can be unimpressed about. But more importantly, the way that we played, the way that we broke down a very good defensive team. Uh, I agree with Johnny as well. This uh, it, it was one of those matches where it was either going to be nil nil or we were going to score. You know, have, have a result like this and. We were able to pull it off the way that Liverpool have developed their style of play this season. And uh, again, you have to be happy with that. You know, whether it starts a new run or we're, you know, this ends up being a bit of a one off in a difficult January period, whatever the future holds, we know that we're capable of performing to the level that, that we've expected over the course of the season. So you have to be happy with it.
0: So I'm going to come to Ali next. You know, there, there was a lot made of Simon Mingele coming back into the side and Carius being dropped. As it was, Mingley made one fine save, but he didn't really have a lot to do uh, during the game, Ali. Uh, What were your thoughts on on that? Do you think Klopp got it right in in taking Carrias out of the firing line? What's your thoughts on that issue?
2: It's hard to say he got it wrong. I mean, we won 3-0, clean sheet. Migs never really looked troubled. But as you say, they didn't have much to do. It was probably the one game you could have kept Carrius in for confidence because you knew they weren't going to attack much. I don't think the save Mingley made would have troubled Carrias much either. Again, we kept a clean sheet. And it's hard to argue with, with Klopp. I personally wouldn't have made the change, but he knows more than me.
0: Yeah, and you know, the, the thing—the thing for me, Ali—I think was, you know, we know exactly what Simon Mingley is good at. And we saw that in the game, but we also know, what, you know, his inconsistencies. And I, I'm, you know, I understand he wants to take Carrius out of the limelight. And Carrius, you know, the, the camera was cutting to him quite a, quite a few times during that game. He didn't look the happiest in the world. Do you think confidence-wise it could affect him? You know, obviously his confidence is low enough. This is, could drive him lower, do you feel? Or do, do
2: you expect Mignolay to continue? I think he'll keep Mingale in now. I mean, what does it do to both keepers now? I think it, does, it is going to affect Carrius. Um, he's young. But Klopp, again, Klopp knows these players personally, which obviously we don't. We can just see from the outside. I'm glad Carrius wasn't happy. Um, it's the same like when we have the argument about Sturridge coming off or not playing they shouldn't be happy about not playing same with Moreno anybody but then what does it say to Mignoli now if you drop him for for Monday against Everton and carriers come straight back in and how his massive game atmosphere wise as well pressure I mean you can't bring Karius back in for that now after just being dropped for a so-called easier game where he's where it would have been more of a confidence booster
0: no, absolutely. And, and you know, I'll come to Dylan next. Dylan, you know, your thoughts on this one. It seems, you know, he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. Um, you know, it'll have a knock-on effect somewhere down the line. What what do you foresee for maybe, you know, looking forward to the Everton game? Do you see Mingley there like Ali or, or do you see
3: maybe Karius coming back again? No, honestly, Simone, Simone will not only be there, uh, if we get into prediction mode a little bit earlier than usual, but, uh, not only in my opinion, will he be there, but rightly so, um, not on merit. so <laughs> before we get into any of that bullshit, uh, definitely not on merit. he had a really quiet game against Middlesbrough and anybody who anybody prior to the loris Carius purchase saw and knew what Simon Mignoli is so he's he is not going to be back in this side for long term but at the same time while, well, with Loris Karius, there is no doubt about it. He is indeed the better keeper. He is having a rough time of it at the moment. So I think it's I think it's best not only to keep him out of the firing line, but also to get back, get his head down in training, really prove that you know it, what had happened in, in in a couple of these matches prior to was a uh, was a little bit of a blip. Uh, you know, we can get into the whole goalkeeper error thing if we want to. I, I I truly don't. What matters is is that he was under under a lot of pressure, not only from Liverpool fans but also for the media for a variety of different things. And ultimately, if bringing him out of the side, whether it be uh, I- until the, uh, the the match after Everton, uh, the, the match after the Merseyside Derby or keeping him out until January, whatever the case may be, a small but extended stay out of the side may not be a bad thing for him. Simone Mignolet, the one thing that you have to give him credit for. Is that he has been harping to the media every opportunity that he's gotten for the past month and a half that he wants to get back in the side. So the nice part about having Mignolet in is that while you have the kicking problems, while you have uh, you know some some of the error proneness that you get with Mignolet, he's also a keeper who is willing to battle it out on the pitch for his place in the side. Whether or not he deserves it is another story, but for the time being, you have a goalkeeper that's hungry for minutes. And while Karius needs to be taken out of the limelight, we could be in a worse situation. So I think he stays in the side for Everton. I think he probably stays in the side for the remainder of December where we don't have the toughest run-in, uh, barring a Manchester City match. And, you know, we'll reevaluate things in January.
0: No, I hear you. And, and John, for your money, I am I must admit, I, I'm, I'm a little bit bewildered at this stage, you know, if he remains for, for the Derby match, you know, obviously that's that's a pressured occasion. I can understand maybe why he doesn't want to carry us in there, but at the same time, we've seen what Mings does whenever he he's put under a bit of pressure. You know, he's there's a lot of mistakes in Simon Mingley, and I would just worry for that going into a Derby match. The fact that he's, you know, he's only had the one game in recent times, and, you know, when when he does cost
1: us points, he it, it, it costs us a lot. Yeah, he does. I mean, I think I agree with, you know, what the guy said, and I think I agree with you know what, what Ali's point was there. I mean, I wouldn't have taken him out of the team, but it's hard to say the club got it wrong. Um, he, he did make one really good save at the near post. We kept a clean sheet. We won. He came for a few balls. He held everything. So it's hard to say he, he he got it wrong. Um, I I was I was genuinely surprised, Dave, that he that he took him out of the side. To be honest, um, I haven't been in the same camp as a lot of other people that you know. Somehow, Carius has been this total disaster. He just wasn't. I mean, to me at Bournemouth, he was clearly at fault for one goal. It was the very last goal, so it was the most emotional goal, probably. But we scored. We scored three there. He let, he was responsible for one. I didn't buy the, the other, there was one too. Might have done better. But and again, the the free, the free kick. I didn't see that free kick as you know. The, the free kick went through the wall. It was. It was a difficult one. He does well to get across. He probably should have a stronger arm on it and maybe keep it out. I just didn't think he'd made the level of calamity. And it was just becoming a bit of a circus. car Carr sticks up for him. And then after sticking up for him, he takes him out of the team, which I found a bit odd. And I think it would have been a good game to leave it in because it was so or so toothless up front. But hi-ho, we'll move on. And I think he can't... Mignolet comes in, doesn't put a foot wrong, keeps a clean sheet, so he can't take him out. Otherwise, it looks daft, because then it Mm -hmm. looks like there's no logic to it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I I agree with the guy. So, I think Mignolet will be in there until, you never know how long now, until he maybe has a real bad run uh, or something like that. But um, I think the main thing is that we won, but Carrius will have his day. I'm sure of that. He's a big, big prospect, and he'll be fine long term.
3: I also think the one thing that I saw out of Mignolet in the Middlesbrough match that I was that I was relatively impressed with Now, is was kicking and still is kicking. But getting the ball out once he had caught it, whether it was for a save or whether it was for a cross that had come in, getting the ball back into play and getting it to the feet of uh, of the outfield players. That was one of my other issues in previous in previous instances uh, you know you can go back to uh 2013 14 through 2015 16 realistically and 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 you'll see that he holds on to the ball for too long if he does stay into the side it does comfort me a little bit that he is getting the ball back into play a little bit quicker i think our transition play was one of the main reasons that we the match ended 3-0 rather than 1-0 because we were able to get the ball back into play relatively quickly and for once, I can say that started with Mignolet. He, he he played it out faster than usual. And if he maintains that, then, you know, fair play that he stays in for a little while. Again, Carius will come back in before the end of the season, if you ask me. But for now, things could be worse.
0: No, I hear you. And, you know, earlier on, you alluded there to, to Adam Lallana and the change in fortune, really, for, for, for Adam Lallana. You know, anybody who listened to us long-term knows that we gave this kid a, a terrible time of it. And I'll come to John. You know, I, honestly... If if I look at the season as a whole so far, I would struggle to find anyone more effective in our team at the moment than Adam Wallana. I think he's been our player of the season for my money. Quite quite clearly, he and we, and we see how much with with the couple injuries that he's been out with, we see just how much that we not so much depend on, but but we're so much better when he's there, and such a transformation in a player, John.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's a huge transformation. I mean. Still, for me, are, are most effective, you know, for me and Coutinho. But, but he's he's right up there. And and you're, you're dead right, Dave. I mean, I think there's a lot of us having to eat a bit of humble pie when it comes to Lallana. But the reason for that is he's not the same player as he was. When I think about it, when Suarez had gone and when he came into the team, we were missing Suarez. We were missing this mercurial player, one of the best players we've ever seen, wear the shirt. And we were desperate for a creative force and and someone to come in. And Lalana came in, big expectations, big price. It was playing in the front three. And quite often he was the one with the ball would end up with. And it was like, right, you need to do something now. You need to do something or we're not going to score. And he was turning and he was, you know, we used to take a piss out of how often he'd turn ballerina (laughs) and Cruyff turns and this and that. And he'd done a lot of that and, he didn't have the end product, and he was playing in a position that now looks so unsuited to him. So I think, Dave, we got on his back because we were hoping for so much more. We were hoping someone would take on that mantle and replace Suarez. He wasn't that player, so he frustrated us. He wasn't scoring the goals, and attacks would break down, And whereas now what he's doing is he's just doing really simple things. He's recycling the ball quick. He's two-footed. He keeps the play moving. He rarely ever now turns and dwells on the ball. Everything is first time, first time. The pass the Origi textbook. What we're talking about, you know, just instant head up by. He's playing deeper. He's involved in everything. He's pressing. You know, he, he played under Pochettino at Southampton, so he knows what's what. What pressing's about. He he leads the pressing. He runs further than anybody else. And I think all the attributes and all the things he's good at, you know, is is being two footed, he's quite skillful. He's just a player revitalized, and is, I think the only thing's changed he said himself is you know, he's just getting into the box more, he's getting into better positions and six goals, six assists, and haven't had a good spell out as well. It's it's a massive turnaround, Dave, and as you say. Oh, it really is. It really is. And and he's absolutely, you know, when I look at that midfield three right now. He is probably the one at the minute that's an absolute chewing. You know, when he's fit, he plays. So, fair play to him. We, I've, I personally, I love to see it when a player proves you wrong like that. Because it's it's all the better for the team. He's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. No,
0: and it was a theme of our podcast as well. I think that, that word you used, frustration there. Because we saw that there was something in him. And he just seemed to be... Unable to bring it, you know, it was just Christ turn after Cruyff turn after silly, minute. you know, he, he wasn't thinking, as you rightly said as well, John, his head, he's got the head up now, he's looking as opposed to just looking to, to do the Kreuth turns. You know, Ali, obviously, you know, you, you've listened to us through this. You know, we, we did give this guy a terrible time on here and, you know, credit to him. He has turned it around and, and as John said, maybe it's that playing slightly deeper has given him a new lease of life as well. And I agree with John as well, and as much as he would be the first name on the team, should he is that pivotal all of a sudden? 100%.
2: Not only is he our player, of the year, uh, I'd struggle to find a better player in the league than Lallana this season. Um, just consistency-wise, he's put all together. I've been one of Lallana's probably backers from the beginning. I just think he's just so naturally gifted as a footballer. I agree with the, the frustration part, and I never even thought of the way Johnny said, maybe us fans, especially the ones who are really hard on him, we're just missing Suarez so much. And he was brought in to be the replacement, sort of. And nobody we could have signed would have replaced Suarez. Especially not with, with Rodgers as a manager. But this year, he's just been a proper revelation. It reminds me so much of like Lampard when he was at his peak. The, the, the late runs into the box are just perfect. And now he just turns when he needs to. His passing on cross. As you say, six goals, six assists, plus with two injuries. It's just just for all I'm watching him. And he just looks so happy he'd be here and so excited. It's like a new lease of life under Klopp for him. So fair play to Klopp. for seeing seen the position change because Nuss said that Klopp would replace him. So brilliant. I love I love the guy.
0: No, nope, you're not getting any argument out of me. And Dylan, for you, you know, obviously you and I used to give a hell of a lot of shit to Adam Um And, and he, he, <laughs> has made it, he has jammed it down our throats sideways.
3: He has. And I think, I think it comes down to a variety of different things. I mean, first and foremost, you can't take away from him. Not only, not only has he stopped as Johnny was saying, uh, you know, some of the piddling about on the ball, the farting around on the ball that, that, that ultimately not only stopped, stopped progressive play forward, uh, but also put him into poor positions with defenders on his back being not necessarily the strongest player on the planet. So, you know, he's 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 sitting deeper now by, by slotting into this midfield role, and he's bombing on late, which is, I think, really, really worked out for him. So tactically is another way that it's that, that it's been positive for him because for the most part, we have used him in the past. I mean, as, as, as recently as earlier on this season, whether it be on the right or on the left due to injury or whatever the case may be, um, by giving him more room to operate. Uh, and it, it, the same argument, to a certain extent, could be harkening back to Phil Coutinho uh, when he played the number eight under Brendan Rodgers. You know, obviously, uh, a little bit different in terms of class, but at the same time, when you give Lilana room, he can really make things happen. And when you get him too far forward, it, it kind of bottles him in and doesn't allow him to make all the different moves and and the different creative play that 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 he's capable of. The other thing that I think has worked out for him really, really well is is just simply his. I mean, his finishing. And I'm not sure if it's something that he's worked on in training but uh, or or what the case may be there was part of Klopp's presser after the Middlesbrough match that said you know Alana had come to him you know over the offseason I believe it was and said you know I can't finish I don't score and he was you know Klopp said that he was relatively angry and Klopp basically put it straight to him he said well it's you know partially because you're in the wrong positions it's not it's not that you can't it's not that you can't put the ball on the back of the net it's just that you're not in the right places so moving him back into in into This midfield unit has allowed him to, as, as Johnny and, and Ali have said, move into those right positions, make those right late runs into the box um, and, and really contribute to play. Now, the funny part, and I'm not sure what you guys think about something like this. i actually seen uh, Dave Hendrick tweet it a little bit uh, later in the day yesterday was. Lalana, as, as we've all said, has to be one of the top names on the team sheet thus far. Jorginho Wijnaldum, for me, uh, has been very, very important to this team in terms of build-up play. Uh, he may not necessarily be popping in the goals, but he has been vastly important. And Jordan Henderson, for all of his positives and all of his faults, is captain. So it's, it's very, very difficult to drop him out of this side. So with that in perspective... One thing that may be brought to question is is that if those are our midfield three, where does Emre Chan f- uh, fit in to this squad? For me, Emre still
2: comes in for Ronaldo. I'm I'm on the bandwagon. I'm still not quite sure what Ronaldo does. Him, I've discussed this over and over on Twitter. Uh, but just quickly on Lallana, before we let the, the guys talk on their Chan point, do you think Lallana's decision making and fluidity and like the first touch is now just he's got better players around him who are now in a system that suits them as well? So there's more movement, more options. Because when when we were criticising Lallana, there wasn't very many options. People were more stagnant, and there was no fluidity in the whole team. So I'm just wondering if that was more the case than Lallana himself.
3: I'll pop 100%. in on that real quick before I shut my mouth for a long time. Um, <laughs> I think I think having a front three who are who's not only good on the ball but are better at holding the ball up aren't necessarily making the the long ball runs in behind. You know your Jamie Vardy style runs. I think by them holding the ball better and being a little bit better with their feet has allowed Lallana to get in better positions. I think that's, that's actually a really, really important point. It's not just moving him back, but it's also having, you know, whether it be a Rigi or Firmino or Coutinho or, or excuse me, know, or Sadio Mane, whatever the case may be, they're just better with the ball at their feet than what we've originally dealt with. Um, you know, they play with their back to goal. So it allows Lallana sitting from deeper not only to create – a little bit more, but also to burst forward for that overlapping run and get himself in the right spot. I think that's a really important point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. It's, it's. I think that's the key difference, Ali, and, and and Dylan, what you're saying there as well, you know, the difference now is he's not this pivotal player that we're sort of looking at him, getting the ball going, you have to do something. He just needs to keep it taken over, keep it simple, arrive in the box. We have Coutinho, we have Firmino, we have Mane, we've got um Origi, Sturridge, we've got other players now that, that that can do that other stuff and he can just focus on, on, on keeping his game simple and moving the ball and not dwelling on it. And that's that has been as as well as playing deeper, obviously, that's been a massive factor in, in improving so much for me as well.
0: And there was another question in there, you know, who who do we drop to facilitate Emery Khan? For me, it's only one name and that's Jordan Henderson. I I'd be happy if Henderson yeah. went out <laughs> of Henderson and Wijnaldum sort of share pitch time and, you know, maybe take alternate games or whichever one's suited to them. I, I, I like Emery. I like the Dianna. He's, he's the closest we have to that sort of driving in the midfield, and he does drive with the ball. He's, he's different to the rest of them. And he, he just gives you that little bit of something different, I think, in my opinion, than, than Wijnaldum or Henderson. And for, for me, it's a no-brainer. I, I don't know what you guys think, but for, for me, Emery Chan, every time for me,
3: well, I, and, and just to make sure that I'm that, that I'm not you know mistaken, whether it be by the three of you guys or by anybody who listens to this podcast, if I had my picking, Jordan Henderson would come out of this side for MHN nine times out of 10 so it it has it, the the real the real thing to consider here is that while i absolutely agree that not only is emre chan a better midfielder but also has far more potential than than honestly a lot of these guys i think he has more potential than Jorginho winaldum even though i really really enjoy what winaldum's bringing to play right now I, I think he has more potential than winaldum i think he's already a little bit better than adam lalana in terms of uh, skill set maybe not with the ball at his feet but what he brings to the game um, and i definitely think that he's a better defense midfielder than Jordan Henderson, but because right now, at least in my opinion, with the three of them being undroppable for a variety of different reasons, whether it's the captaincy for Henderson, for Wijnaldum really working well with those front three, and with Adam Lallana being so influential in the final third, I think it's I think it's very difficult to find room for Emre Can at the moment.
1: I would completely agree with what you're saying um, there, Dylan. I mean, if I had my, you know, ideally I'd like us to sign someone to play where Henderson does, someone like a De hood or Paredes, or a player like that. but Forget it, apparently. Think, going to Dortmund, mate. <laughs> well, that, w- that would be typical, wouldn't it? Yeah, for me, don't get me wrong, Henderson, he's one of so many people. You know, he's got real co- real commitment about him. He's a good lad. He, he's obviously his club captain. He's improved a hell of a lot from the kid who came through and was getting abuse from mm. some parts of the Anfield crowd. You know, he's shown a lot of balls. That way, but but in my view, Chan would be a better player sitting there. The, the one thing with Henderson is I don't know if Clap can can improve it, and I know I've been on Twitter saying about it, and some people know exactly what I mean. Other people are sort of like hey, you're you're full of shit, Henderson. You're, you're being overly harsh on Jordan, your namesake. There, he's just too safe on the ball for me. And even last night, there was times when the balls played into him. He doesn't turn. He doesn't look and open up the pitch and play the incisive ball between a couple of people in the space. It's been on. He his, his first instinct is if there's anywhere anyone anywhere near him is to go backways, to go sideways. Um and he's very, very safe. Now I'm not saying he covers a lot of ground. He gets in there. He was really good in the second half. He was really, you know, his pressing was really good. But I just think longer term, I'm not saying this season, but I think longer term, if we're going to go that next level as a team, we are going to need a guy that's more progressive, uh, and braver in his passing, in that position, to start attacks, because it, it, it's not, an, it. Might, I don't know if it's coachable, I really don't know, but there are players that could, could do that position better, and I believe... Emery Chan is one of them and I think with a run of games he's got a far higher ceiling than Jordan Henderson he's got massive potential and I know that's controversial but for me it would be Chan it would be Wijnaldum and it would be Lalana. I'm a big fan of Wijnaldum he seems to find space he seems to pick the right ball he picks up a lot of the dirty sort of balls around the midfield and keeps it simple keeps the ball moving I'm a, I'm a big fan of his as well
2: Now's when I agree with Johnny there um, right now with the team that we have, Aldon would be the one that comes out for me. I just Again, I, I'm just not quite sure. I wanted Aldon before we signed him, but more of the, an attacking option in the front three. But, if we, like John says, if we want to go on and push for the title and progress further, um, we need an upgrade on Henderson in there. So, whether it be we sign somebody for that role or we drop Chan back and find somebody for Chan, We definitely need one more in there. But for this season, for me, I would have Henderson, Chan and Lalana as my three. Or even dropping Coutinho back. But Klopp doesn't look like he's entertaining that idea at all. Because even when we had injuries at the start, he never looked that way, even as much as all the fans seem to to want that.
0: No, and I think that, you know, for for me, I, I look at Henderson as the most upgradable, I suppose. We have to look at it as well, in a sense. You know Where we're sitting at in the league at the moment, You know we're looking like at least we're going to challenge for the top four this season. That's the very least of it. And one would like to think that we'll make that, given the start that we've got. And certainly we have the potential there to do that. But as I say, we're sitting in December. We'll know better in May. But I'm just wondering if, since it's Christmas, just for a bit of crack, I'm going to go around the table here. And I can, I can give you one player... I'm Not a name of a player, but a position I'm thinking more of. If I give you, Ali, one position, that, if we only buy one player in January, what position do you want to see it in?
2: Centre-back, no question. Not even close.
0: And you're talking, to, I take it in, in centre-back, you're talking more a partner for,
2: for, for Joel Matip? Yep, 100%. Get rid of Lovren. He's gone. sorry omar
0: same question to you dylan uh, i'm playing santa here one one position don't don't name me
3: just just what position if i can give you one player am i allowed to say a player because i kind of have one in mind oh well then be a bore go ahead (laughs) i won't get too much into it while i absolutely agree with ali it has to be center back in, on the off chance that it's not, especially with all the different transfer rumors that are in and about, um, if he's going to go with somebody, and it's more likely in January, I would like to see just a left attacking midfielder uh, to drop Coutinho back into the midfield. Uh, you know, if if we are talking about dropping Lallana, if we are talking about bringing Emre Shan back into the side, if you go and you get somebody to fill Coutinho's spot, for instance, like a Felipe Anderson who plays for Napoli and is incredible, then you not only you not only Fill in the gap of what Coutinho leaves behind on the left hand side, but you also get Coutinho into a deeper role that has also held Lolana. So, while I would love a centre back, I th- think that's far more likely.
0: No, and John yourself, uh, same question. What, what, what would you what would you
1: take? Well, I guess I'm going to sound like uh, Bill Hicks here talking to Amara when I'm going. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I would um I would have to be a centre back. Would have to be a centre back, and it's a partner for Maduk is what we need. If it was being specific on a player, um, I'd love us to sign Van Dijk from Southampton. I think he's splendid on the left side centre back. I think him and Maduk could be, could be super. So yeah, if we one player right now that we need, it would be a centre back. I think we could take the team up a whole new level with a really good partner for Maduk on there.
2: Yeah, Van Dijk's my signing as well. Just a quick question, do we think Sacco's done completely? I've had a few conversations this week and I don't know, there's just signs of hope from the conversations. but I,
0: and, uh, who knows? Expand on that a little, Ali, what, what, because I've I've heard absolutely nothing, it,
2: as far as I'm concerned,
0: Sacco's history.
2: Well, that's, that's what I had thought as well, but supposedly he's getting quite in-depth reports on every game he's playing and... But I just don't know why he'd be why he'd care really in reports how he's playing or how he's being around the squad. Unless he's obviously causing tr- more trouble, sort of thing. But he's getting full in depth reports on fitness and and these games. So I mean, why would he be doing that if you know, there's no hope as we all expect, to him to be sold in January? It's just a it's more a it's more an intriguing one or a hopeful for me, I guess. But just right.
0: fascinating. I'm just curious whether it might be um, for you. Know, obviously, my my opinion on it would be that he's going to be offered to a lot of places come January, and maybe this is uh, some paperwork and stats to back it up because since the, the the stats are so important these days. John, for your money, what, what what do you feel about what Ali's saying there? Much as I would love it to be, I would love it to be true. I'd love to see Mamadou Sakho back. I, I can't deny, it, regardless of what he's done, I, I do love the player. I, he was my captain this season, and, and it all fell to shit on him.
1: Thought. I tend to, to base a lot of my judgment on people and their football views on what they think of psycho. Um, basically, if they turn around and think psycho shit, then I think they know fuck all about football. so <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite, <laughs> you, and you I, you I, don't I'm don't a lot of people, mean, people don't, don't know fuck all about football. I do. Yeah, you know, it's, it's my it's my fucking litmus, litmus test for fucking idiots that support Liverpool when I ask them about psycho. I, I'd love it. I'd love for him to have a future, but. And I that that's news to me as well. I hadn't heard anything like that. Um, he's miles and miles better than anyone else that can come in there and partner Matip, who's done very well. He's miles above Lover and He's he's commanding his distribution of the ball so much better. But he, he has been erratic at times, and I think it's too deep now. I think Klopp too many times has made his his feelings very clear on it. He doesn't even entertain it in press conferences. He just tells them, he just dismisses journalists that talk about it. So I'd love it to be true, but sadly I think Sacco will probably end up maybe somewhere like Nice on <laughs> a nice weather playing with playing with Super Mario. They'll have great crack over there. Um no, the w-
3: one thing that I'll say about <laughs> that, and I think I think you bring up a, a decent point with the erraticness here. Obviously, I would love for Sacco to come back into the side. I think he would I think he would make n- not only would he immediately improve the left center back position, but I think In terms of his erraticness, I think the best center back that we've paired Saka with thus far or could have paired him with thus far that could cover for some of that erraticness is Joel Mateep. Uh, with the way that he sits and holds that line and with the way that he reacts for the most part very, very quickly, uh, and it's funny too because when he came into this side there were a lot of different videos about uh, Matip's own erraticness uh, over in over in Germany, but it seems like for the most part Klopp has simplified his game and if Sacco's going to go out and he's going to make a, make a clumsy slide tackle or if he's going to get burnt uh you know getting his feet twisted underneath him as somebody flies past him i think the best pairing there would not only be for the side sako and mateep but also for sako's mistakes i think mateep would uh, he he's got he's got that presence of mind to 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 be to be ready and to counteract anything uh irrational that sako might pull off should they be paired together so again i would love for that to be true i feel like i'm a little bit too pessimistic in saying but i think i agree with Dave. it, it potentially be for transfers as well and that's what my mind directly goes to but if we see him whether it be in december or in january you will find a very pleased hillbilly do you know
1: what that's a great shout that and i think you're dead you're dead right i think it's a real shame a real real shame that we haven't got to see Sacco with a proper decent center back partner instead of someone that's a liability and that he's having to carry a lot of the time so it's a great shout but sadly i don't think we'll ever we'll ever see it
0: well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate with you. And Ali started this, so I'll come to Ali first on it. Could it be that, you, you know, we, we, we spoke about this in, in our, our group chat here during the week, that, you know, our transfer business could be the usual of, you know, well, we tried to get these players and we couldn't get them. Um, you know, the right names weren't available. The price was too big. It wasn't the right time. You know, the usual that we hear from Liverpool whenever we, when, when targets are missed and I'm just curious, maybe that you know we went through the Nicolas Soule thing, we've gone through the Jonathan Tah thing, we went through the De Hood thing, uh, and as I say from the information I have at the moment, it, it looks like the Hood is pretty much Dortmund bound, and I'm just wondering, maybe are we going to miss out on targets again that, that would improve us, and maybe that's the thinking, maybe you know keep sack over the second half of the season, as ridiculous as that may appear, it's it's the only other logical explanation.
2: Yeah, quite possibly. I think our transfer business for a defender may rely well before. My hopes got brought up, a Sacco staying, but I thought a defensive signing may come down to whether or not we sell Sacco, because surely we don't bring another one in and still leave Sacco in the under twenty threes. I mean, they already have a better defence than us. Never mind not signing anybody for the second half of the season. No, and
0: you know, John, for you, just how saleable is Mamadou Sacco at the moment? You know, uh, you know, obviously, I I, I consider him. I, I get the ungainly thing. I get the giraffe having a drink at times, but. It's very seldom he makes that big an error. It's very seldom he's really exposed. He may look ungainly. He may look awkward. But there's a player in there, John. And you know, given the fact that he hasn't kicked a ball in anger really since since May last year, um, what, what we're going to take a
1: big hit in this kid, surely? Yeah, I mean, what was he cost eighteen million? Um, you wouldn't get that money back from now. But he's very, very. He would improve. I look through some of the absolute. Fucking donkeys that are playing centre half in that league. And, you know, he'd improve a heap of Premier League teams. He'd be, I think, you know, somewhere like somewhere like France or somewhere like that, too. His, his distribution's really, really good. He's, he's, a, he's a brilliant passer of the ball, psycho. You know, and, and I'm not talking about big, long diagonal passes. He can really zip a ball and defeat and stuff. But I think he is, Dave. I, I think we'll not get 18 million. Given everything that's happened, given how little he's played, but I think if we we'll sackle t- even do you think we we'll I get do. T- I think I think I think we get 10, 12 million for him. I genuinely think that's what we'd get for him. And and I do think that teams will come in for him as well. I, I think uh, if it's clear he's going in, in, in January, I would I would imagine they'll be interested in him and we'll have no trouble selling him. No no trouble at all.
0: Uh, I don't think we'll have trouble selling them, Dylan. For you, uh, you know, I think I think the price could be the problem. You know, if you're a buying club there, you know that Liverpool want to sell. They know they want to get him off the books. He has this checkered history, which we've made public. So therefore, surely we're gonna get we're gonna get
3: screwed, aren't we? You know, honestly, I don't think so. And I guess it really, really the biggest thing is co- it comes down to what we consider to be screwed, and I, I suppose also what Jurgen Klopp. Uh, presumes to be screwed. Um, because from our perspective, with the quality of Mamadou Sakho, he can go for 15, 20, even 25 million pounds. And I feel like that would be based on his quality, a correct price. But if it comes down to selling him and Klopp doesn't want him, I think that's a very, very different story because if, if he doesn't want him based on his playing ability, you know, for instance, with Christian Benteke, then we're looking at, well, obviously we bought him for this much. He's worth this much. Doesn't fit in our style. Therefore I don't want him. We'll sell him for very, very close to what we purchased him for. But if, Klopp doesn't want him in this side based solely on personality. If he doesn't want him based on his antics, whatever the case may be, Klopp's the kind of guy I feel like who would go and take 5 million pound for him, 8 million pound for him, maybe even, maybe even as much as 10, 12, but probably no more than that. If someone, someone were to come calling because to him, at least from what I've seen in my my perception of Jurgen Klopp, he's, he's very, very much on team atmosphere. And if, you detri- if you're if you not a good enough player for what, for what Jurgen Klopp wants to do, for what he wants for Liverpool, then he can work around that and simplify your game. There's a reason that we still have Lucas. There's a reason that we still have Lovren. There's a reason that we still have Alberto Moreno. Uh, there's a reason that we, you know, uh, you can go top to bottom with this. On the flip side, if you take away from the atmosphere, if you detract from the atmosphere, and Klopp gets it in his head that he wants you gone because you think you're fucking with his system in terms of how he's building this team, he'll let you go for pennies, based on based on my my knowledge or what he's done at Dortmund. As soon as you don't fit in with what Klopp wants in terms of how he wants the team run, see ya, doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I, I did, just quickly,
2: I disagree with Dylan. Dillinger. There's, Klopp, Klopp's far too intelligent to let a player of Sacco's ability, regardless of personal... Like they they might hate each other, we don't know. But regardless, of that he's too intelligent to let a player like that go for, for cheap. He he will go for close to what we paid, if not more, depending on the club who buys. And if it's another Premier League club, we're getting we're getting over twenty million for him, comfortably.
0: No, I hear you, Ali. And um, you, you know you're talking about professional football here, and and you put your differences <clears throat> of character aside. I think. Um, you, you know, throughout the years, you know, even, even the, the Manchester United team that won the 68 the Cup, they, they front line hated each other, for goodness sake, but they played beautifully together. And, you know, I would say it's the same with Klopp. I would, I would imagine that he is a professional enough person to put personal differences aside. Obviously, whatever way he feels about Mamadou Sacco, he, he feels that he can't do that. And again, while I respect that, it, it doesn't fill me with anything other than sadness for the player. But listen, what we're going to do is we're going to take a run forward into um, the derby at the weekend and, and our thoughts going into that. And, and I'll come to you first, John. Um, Everton on a bit of a high after beating Arsenal uh, during the week here. Um, it's never going to be an easy game. There's never such an easy and there's no such thing as an easy derby. But we should be taking care of this one, really, shouldn't we?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a good thing that they won that game because they needed a win. If they had a loss against Arsenal, they would have been under massive, massive pressure and they'd have had that siege mentality. Um, Everton are always easier to beat when they think they're better than they are. You know That's always been the lesson with Everton. I think when they're up against it and fighting for their lives, they're, they're likely to upset us. Um, so I think that will be a good result for us. We should be taking care of it, Dave, I agree. I think there was a couple of very big things for me came out of that second half, which I think bode very well that pace and that sort of fluency and that swagger in our attack and play, we had it back. Um, and I think tactically as well, there was we haven't really touched on it yet, but we did something at, uh, at Middlesbrough in the second half that we that I'd not seen us before under under Klopp, and it was something that was very, very deliberate. We, we came out, they'd been putting quite a bit of a press on us in midfield. We suddenly just decided tactically that, you know what, this lad Manny's quick as fuck, so let's start launching some balls over the top here. And it was a very deliberate, very um Liverpool-like, but Lovren in particular played a, a fair few balls just right over the top, and it absolutely threw them. They just weren't. They were trying to press up and play that game. We got in behind them. It gave us real momentum, and I think it showed. It showed that technical awareness. You can. I think you know, looking at Klopp and Buvach and the way they were celebrating in the second half, I think they were onto something there. And. I think they've realised that it's there's a really way tactical around this maturity,
0: press. John, would you go, go as far as because you know I, oh, I absolutely I, yeah. see what you're saying, and to me, I think it's more tactical maturity. That's that's a team maturing together and and in a system.
1: Absolutely, and, and the, I just hadn't seen this. It was so deliberate. Rather than we always looked to play it, play it in defeat, get it back, start an attack, start an attack. No, you know we were playing it down the channels. We were letting Mane. We were letting Origi chase for it so that was interesting and the other big one going into the 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 derby as well is I think we, we haven't talked about him at all because Lalana was great you know Manny had a really good game but Firmino again he looked back to himself He he's dropped a little bit since uh, Coutinho's been injured rightly so because the two of them are almost telepathic in the way they link up but he was playing down the middle in the second half and that is where he needs to be, you know, in that position, in the number nine, where he can go either way. Origi was shifted out wide for him. Origi did a really good job on the left. He scored his goal. He gave them a lot of trouble. He put in a lovely run and cross when I think it was Lalana had a wee cushioned header down to Mane, but it was Origi made the run and all. So there was a lot of really positive signs, Dave. They will be up for it. and um, We absolutely battered them senseless at Anfield um the last time we, we we played them Um but i but i but i fancy us for this and i think if we're up for it and we maintain that second half we can get the three points and to be frank we're going to need the three points because i can't see anything other than chelsea winning again at the weekend
0: no i i think up until we we, we get to the city game I, I, we can't contemplate losing points if we're really serious about you know maintaining the title challenge i don't think that it's possible for us to drop points uh, uh you know up until New Year's Eve, anyhow, you know, obviously that's a, that's a big game. It's a different different mentality needed. Ali, yourself, um, you know, what what are you saying for this derby? Um, as I say, you know, you know it's going to be a close run affair. It's one goal's going to settle it either way, probably. But I I do think we've got enough in the locker to take care of it. Um, I think we're going
2: to battle them, um, start to the finish. I think Johnny's right. They, 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 it was good they got the win. The deals will be up. They'll come to the game thinking they can beat us. I, f- I think they'll try and press us the way they did. Arsenal are quite end-to-end. Um, they deserve to be Arsenal played really well, but if they do that against us, and if we play anything like we did that second half, we'll battle them easily by two or three. Um, these are the teams we need to take care of if we want to, if we want to win the league. As Chelsea, United have done in the past, we need to start beating, beating the crap. So, simple as that. I think we'll just go out and smash them.
3: Simple as that. Dylan, yourself, yep. are, are, are we going to be smashing? Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure if I would put it quite too smashing, but I, I, I honestly don't think that we'll be too far from it. They... Everton actually have a better organized defense this season, but I still don't think it's as good a quality in terms of each individual player in each individual position that we've come up against and absolutely wrecked over the course of the season. So especially after the Middlesbrough bout, if you'd asked me if if this Everton derby was coming up after. After West Ham and Bournemouth, you know, you may hear me singing a different tune. But after I saw what we can pull off with the with the lineup that we that we put out against Middlesbrough, if so long as we do something at least kind of similar, I I, I think we're winning by more than one goal. To be completely honest,
0: and and just to close, just one final point because I I feel that we you know we we haven't even touched on him and, and he does deserve a mention. And Dylan, I'll, I'll stick with you. Is Davageri? garigi nine and nine now. And, you know, th- this run of games now he's getting on, we know that Origi loves to, you know, he plays himself into his side. I mean, you know, obviously he's not been fantastic, but he's he's in the right places at the right time. He's getting the goals. He's, you know, he's using a striker's instinct. He has that pace, physicality. He's really done well. And, and you know, he's he's playing himself into contention.
3: No, he really is. I, I think the biggest thing for Origi is... It, it- if for whatever reason if Klopp isn't using Sturridge whether it's because uh you know he's keeping him out of the side because Firmino Coutinho and Sadio Mane are performing well or in recent times because he's been injured for Origi to step into this position it is his spot to take uh maybe not necessarily from a front 3 as i mentioned before of Coutinho Firmino and Man but at the very least, if there is a number nine to be used, the, there is competition at the moment even with that. It. It's not as hard as what it once was, simply because uh, Sturridge is in and out of the side, as we've seen for several seasons now. So, Origi uh, getting the shot doesn't surprise me. To see him performing so well with that opportunity, I think he's done really, really well for himself. And any time that Klopp is going to need a number nine, whether it be in the in the first eleven or whether it be as a substitute. Whatever the case may be, no matter what competition that we're in, whether it's a domestic league, domestic cup, continental competition, whatever the case may be, Ariji is inserting himself into the forefront of Klopp's mind, whenever he's thinking of needing a number nine. And he's also solving an issue of not necessarily needing to buy competition. You know, one of the things that we've been shouting and shouting and shouting about is a replacement for Daniel Sturridge. Um, you know, whether it be because of the injury record, whether it be because he's just been on for too long, whether it's because the goal scoring well has dried up. And what Origi is doing is solidifying his spot. Should Daniel Sturridge go, should Daniel Sturridge stay on the bench, uh, basically we don't need a number nine brought in because we have divok and fair credit to him he's taken the opportunity really really well the last i heard was five and five so if it is indeed nine and nine fair fucks to you son
0: and there we go we nearly got through a podcast without mentioning Mr. Sturridge, John, for you, <laughs> John, for you, I, I take it you're impressed with, with Richie like myself. You know, I, I think he, he's a confidence yeah. player. He needs the time in the team, and each game he seems to just grow. He, he he knows, you know, his he's good instincts. He's always where he needs to be to pick out a goal. Some of the some of the interplay, some of the little touches he's shown as well. He's really coming on.
1: Absolutely. If you think this was a this was a guy that was being derided in France before he came over, when he was just a teenager. About you know being the worst striker and league in Ligue 1 or whatever it was. Um, I mean that, that's at some record, Dave. It really is. I mean, there's not so many strikers, of, you know, and then certainly in the era that I've been watching Liverpool have been in a run that impressive. You know, like nine and nine. You know, you're talking Suarez. You're talking elite company there, really. You're talking Suarez. Your Torres is just, you you're maybe your Fowlers and, and michael owens going back that far and um, so it's he's he's in good company with 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 what he's doing but absolutely he's he's big and he's strong he offers a lot for the team club has always liked him said it from the very start and he's he, he's got the real end product he's putting the ball in the net and that's that's what matters and it is reassuring to have him as you, you know I think when when Tino comes back and obviously he'd move out of the side but it's it's reassuring Dave to know that he's there and that he can bang in the goals and I think that the Merseyside derby would be a good game for him as well I can see Origi having a big part to play uh, at Goodison as well but he's he's been great Dave since he's come in and he's more than more than justifying getting his chance
0: Yep and he's a big batter in Ram as well Ali for you uh, you know i say I just wanted to mention him because it is it's a fantastic record and a fantastic run he's on at the minute and
2: I, I'm just totally impressed with him. Yeah, his he's record. I mean, he's got 17 goals in his first 50 games and for his age. That's, that's incredible. When you think most of them will be sub appearances, and how how put, how long it took him to settle in to begin with. Um, so it's good. For me, I'm not a big fan on through the middle. I think that'll take time. I like it when he drifts wide, like that, as you said, somebody said earlier. When in the second half he went wider and Firmino came through centre. I think he just looks better he can isolate himself one on one with a defender because he he's a big lad and to be that big and, and still so quick it's just such very it's, it's like we having another Manny on the other side I think we should have brought him into the Coutinho role rather than put Bobby wide um, but again he's scoring goals so how can you how can you complain and argue keep going
0: no indeed well listen lads we're, we're up, just about up on time there and I'll stick
2: with you Ali number one anything you would like to plug and where can we find you on Twitter for me on Twitter it's just Thompson 84 um, nothing to plug for me just check out all the, the WFI stuff we've You're on, so that's one to look out for if everybody gets on that
0: indeed well we've got Baker who's going to do all that for me here in a minute after John, John <laughs> <laughs> who, what, what, what do you want to plug and where can we find you on Twitter
1: you can find me on Twitter at at @tubinlad T-W-O-B-A-N-L-A-D. And yeah, I would say as well, the WFI, Dave, there's a lot of really good content on there, and the Tactics pod is really good, really insightful. So some really good content. Um, so if you're on a, on a commute and have nothing better to do, you should give it a wee download and a wee listen.
0: Yep, indeed. And Dylan. Where can we find you? You're not a heathen. Where can we find you on Twitter? And uh, you can do your whole spiel about WFI and save
3: me valuable minutes of my life. Sure. Well, you can find me at Baker underscore Dylan. That's D-Y-L-A-N, as Dave said, because He's I'm not indeed a not a heathen. No matter what it may sound like, I'm not. So you can find Copcast as well as all of our content from World on a variety of different websites uh, and, and content areas, uh, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher. Uh, you can find a couple of our podcasts on All In as well. Uh, a couple of things, not only for CopCast but also for World Football Index. If you've got two or three minutes, run over to iTunes and shoot us a review. It helps us get in front of all of these other uh, all these other folks who haven't had uh, the opportunity to hear the CopCast name or cop left. I haven't had the chance to to check out World Football Index. It gets us in front of all of those people. So if you've got a couple of minutes, go and leave us a real quick review on there. It helps us out a lot. And last but not least, uh, as Copcast and WFI uh, in tandem. uh, It would also be very very cool. More leagues covered if you want to see more guests come in. Uh, All that fun stuff that that just improves our content more and more. Go and support us on Patreon.com. That's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash World Football index because <laughs> they're not definitely not heathens. <laughs> forward slash world football index go uh, if you've if you've got the time in the holiday season come and support us and we will continue doing what we do well done, Baker and that just leaves me to plug I will be doing um, a cop
0: table tomorrow night with Peter uh, we have a couple of journalists on I think James Pierce and the other guy does Everton who I don't know and I'm my apologies I forget his name her uh, on the pod with us so that should be a good one reviewing the our previewing The uh, the Merseyside Derby. So other than that, I would just like to thank the panel for their time, as always. If I don't get talking to you boys before Christmas, happy Christmas to you, but I would imagine we will uh, probably get a pod in before then. Other than that, just thanks to everybody for listening, and until the next one, it's goodbye.